simplicity and, and being honest, it's the best way that you can do it. Like uh, take good ingredients, not, don't touch it too much and, and cook it good, good with a little bit of technique. Hi, everyone. I'm Liz Kasky. As a travel curator, cook, wine aficionado, and design lover here in South America, I've always been fascinated by the stories of how creatives pursue their dreams. What's the energy behind a great chef and restaurant? How is that tasty cheese made? Why does this wine speak to me? What was the inspiration for that hotel? Or simply appreciating the artistry of an old world weaving with contemporary design. I am constantly searching for local flavors and am passionate about sharing them. Welcome to In Search of Flavor, a podcast that explores the experiences, ideas, and stories behind the fascinating trailblazers in the region and the beautiful projects they birth. So pour yourself a glass of wine, dial into your wanderlust, and get ready to be inspired. Today, meet Argentine chef Lucia Soria. Raised in Buenos Aires, Lucia realized cooking was her path at an early age and after culinary school became an apprentice of the well-known Argentine chef Francis Melman. She eventually landed in Uruguay, where she forged her own path as a cook and restaurateur and caught the attention of many local and international foodies. Lucia's cooking style is seasonal, elemental, layered in flavor and texture, and has lots of sorpresas, or surprises, as she often calls them. Sometimes her food almost feels like a South American cousin of Otilengi, yet it's totally her own. What comes through every time, though, is that she gives and cooks her heart out in the kitchen. Pull up a seat for this feel-good edition of In Search and Flavor. Let's dive in to get to know you a little bit and your your cooking trajectory, which is very interesting. You are currently in Uruguay. You've been there for many years, but you were born in Córdoba, which for, for people that don't know is in the center of Argentina. It's a very large province and city. But then you moved to Buenos Aires at an early age. So you grew up mostly in Buenos Aires. Tell us a little bit about your family. Was cooking something that ran in your family that you have early memories of that you felt drawn to the kitchen yes absolutely uh, i was very lucky to have uh, both of my grandmothers and my grandparents and um i have a very beautiful family uh, we used to live in buenos aires in the capital of of buenos aires not in the province and both of my grandmothers lived uh, in the province that it was another setting it was uh, quiet houses, uh, parks, and and uh, lemon trees, and uh, bo- uh, both of of them they they used to sew a lot and and knit and cook like angels. Uh, and I have ex- extremely good memories of that time and my grandmother's uh, in different uh, uh, ways because one of them was more. Vasca uh, from uh, with with different like Spain and that area, and the other one was more German in a way, but mixed with the Italians and and we used to go uh, to their houses on on weekends, and I always remember with a, a feeling of of like warmth in my heart uh, that the way that they cooked. Uh, uh, the the pasta on Sundays and the fried empanadas and and the barbecue and also but uh, milanesas you know all those things were for me as a kid uh, something that that I really uh, look forward to I didn't enjoy much uh, school I like some part of school like the friends and things like that but o- o- on Sundays for me was like a joy day of going to eat there and here in in South America. 
in the Rio de la Plata, we have like that, that way of eating that maybe you start at lunch and then you, you continue till, till dinner, you know, in the middle with the pasta frola. And it's always a thing about uh, getting the family together, you know? And um, so the food was always, always a major part of me. And you went to gastronomy school then after you finished high school. So was that sort of the driving force that you felt you wanted to explore this deeper when you decided to go to, to cooking school? Yes, I started, uh, I, I remember when I was like 17 that, that I realized uh, the, the love and the pleasure that you can give with food. And I was a very bad student, as I said, that I didn't enjoy anything like history, mathematics, nothing like that. And I said, I want to do something. I want to study something that it's fast, that it's going to be something useful for my life and that I can travel. And, and I started cooking in a family way and realizing that I, I really enjoy that. And I, I matched that with all the uh, cooking school. And I said, this is it. And, uh, and uh, I started there and, uh, and it was the first step of, of something that, uh, that I w wanted to learn, I think. You became an apprentice after with Argentine chef Francis Malman, who is very well known now outside of South America. At the time, less so. He was more um, well known within first Argentina than Uruguay and he sort of started expanding. Let's talk about your experience with him, because this is a, a core, not only life experience, but how you, you know, you grew up as a, as a, as a chef, because you were with him in Bariloche, then at Los Negros and Jose Ignacio in 1884, which is uh, a landmark restaurant that's still there today in Mendoza, Patagonia Sur, uh, in Buenos Aires. So what you said in your cookbook, which we'll touch on in a little bit, here I learned the language of fire. So let's unpack about your experience with Malman because there's a lot to go talk about there, I feel. Yes, I, I, I feel very lucky to have had that, that uh, experience as a cook. Uh, and every year goes by and I feel more lucky about it because with what I learned with Francis, it's that uh, simplicity and, and being honest it's the best way that you can do it. Like uh, take good ingredients, not, don't touch it too much and cook it go good with a little bit of technique, but you don't have to be French for that. You have to be uh, careful. And then it's that. And, and after uh, uh, some years, you start getting better. But, but this is, uh, I think that, that cooking, it's something that, that it's, when it's simple and it's good, it's the best way that you can do it. And then you start getting a little bit more complicated with things that, that you choose, no? A flavor, more this, more that. But, but there's a, the simplicity of, of Francis and, and then developing also the, the techniques of fire. It's something that it's very basic. And I think that was a great value. But also how, how this... Uh, business in a way or or this way of of living has has to be in a way no you I, I think that what I learned it's how to make things beautiful because in a way what we do it's something that it's in a way theatrical as way no as a way like you have to give something that it's beautiful 
and and the service has to be nice because they're like actors and the cooks as well, no? And then you make something that's not a, a piece of art, but it's something that you did with love and some uh, beauty put on it, no? And and that happens and and it's something that every day changes. So that it's very beautiful when you think think that way that you have to offer something with. A lot of senses, and I learned a lot of beauty and how to make things beautiful with with him, and that I'm very grateful for. Um, and and also that this is, it's about like people, no? We we work a lot with with our groups of 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 cooks and waiters, and and it has to be in a nice way, and uh, we have to learn and then let people go because everyone grows. Many many things. I'm feel I, I feel very grateful for my experience with him, and having uh, all that that time together uh, with a fire and learning all the techniques with fire, uh, it's something that that it's very special. And I think that what he does, it's very special. I agree. How did, when you came in and started learning about these fire techniques, just for people listening that maybe aren't as familiar with Francis's cooking, you worked with him producing his book called Seven Fires, which was when his philosophy of cooking really came to a larger audience outside of South America and goes deeply into these techniques that are not common necessarily outside of even Argentina in some cases. Do you want to talk a little bit, I mean, not only producing the book, but you know, how did you incorporate some of these techniques into your cooking repertoire that you would take with you later then to your, you know, future projects? Well, uh, yes, I think it, it was a great discovery for even Argentinians, uh, that book. And the, the funny thing is that first it was uh, edited in the, in the States. Uh, first it was in English, you know, with the seven techniques of fire as rescoldo, parrilla, infiernillo, uh, vara, um, and and I think it's it's uh, it's something that I I later incorporate like in my restaurant Lucifer with the clay oven, uh, the plancha, uh, and and some language about like iron and fire. I think that also translates now to, for example, Jacinto. We try to use a lot of iron. Maybe we don't have the fire, but at the same time, the cast iron is something that goes along like with that rough thing, no? And uh, and I try to 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 take also the burnt, for example, Francis Love to burn things, no? And uh, but the good burnt things, and I try to do that. Um, for me, uh, when I when I stopped working with him, it was a, a path, no, to find my way in a way. Uh, and I now I feel that there there has been almost like more than twelve years, no, uh, and uh, and I feel that like I can take some things, make them my own, and in a way that it's honor to my learning but not it's not a copy it's something that I took and I embrace uh, and I'm very happy with that because I had uh, sometimes you know when when you have this uh, amazing guy that you are learning with and, and all those years that I worked with him I was uh, taking everything like sponge no and I was like a soldier for him and I love to do that and uh, after saying, okay, so who am I now? No, uh, what I want to cook that it's different what I from what I learned. So that path was 
uh, not tricky, but in a way was uh, getting time to time, you know, and, and now I feel that I can burn some tomatoes and feel happy <laughs> and add it to the pasta and some lemon and I have a little bit of all my, my learning process. <laughs> you spent time working in kitchens, not only in Argentina and Uruguay, but also in North America. And, and you said in your cookbook that you also love traveling. How did, how did this international experience in kitchens start also molding the way you were looking at how you approach your own style of expressing that that would eventually appear in your own restaurants after? I love to travel and not this year, of course, but I, I would love to learn and travel even more than what I did. Um, and and I think that it's something learning from other cultures and, and something as a cook that it's very rewarding and, and fulfilling. In the years that I travel a lot, I learn many things. I don't know if it was so much as a, as a thing about embracing other cultures in, in, in food, because I, I always travel for cooking what I had to cook. So I learn a lot from other chefs, uh, like little techniques, you know, let, let the rice rest. It's very important always like some that I learned in a convention of, of rice in Spain and I, I don't know I didn't know that and I was well, 25 and it was very fulfilling and very beautiful learning from other people I also learned that I like to be where I am that I think that 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 it's that I like to go and travel for some time but I like to be where I am now well Montevideo is your adopted home so you're yes you're still in the same area, but it's another country. It has its uniqueness. Let's spend a moment contextualizing Uruguayan cuisine for people listening, because there may not be a, a huge awareness of how that could differ from Argentine cuisine. There is some shared culture there. So maybe we can just give people what, you know, the your vision of Uruguayan cuisine is in the sense of how when you were, you know, coming up with your own projects, you know, how, what was the scene like at that time and how has it grown? Because it's changed a lot in the last 10 years for yes. the better. I mean, yes. and, and tremendously. Yes, absolutely. Uh, you, you describe it very well because we have uh, that, this background about meat, no, and the, and the cattle and the cows and all, and the asados and the parrillas and the gauchos. And the meat has always be it has always been in 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 the spot, no, of food in Argentina and in Uruguay. In Uruguay, a lot, but we have like this amazing uh, richness uh, in in the sea, in the lakes, in the different no uh, water places. And and now I think that we are starting to realize that. Uh, there's many things in the industry that have, have to change to very value that and to uh, make the connection that that situation needs to be happening between the producers and the industry and and the people who con who eat the fish, no? Because everyone here, it's it's sometimes it's like they, they see a, a ribeye and a fish, the most perfect fish, and they go for the ribeye, and that is something that that 
I, I believe that there's a big, I think that, that we are a big community of, of chefs and, and, and people who work for the industry that are trying to change that with ideas. You can do this, you can do that, because that it's a lot about also a learning process. And, and, uh, but it, it's, it's very, very amazing all the fish that we have here and, and some other pearls of the sea. And then something that I believe that it's very beautiful and very uni- unique, it's um, the flavor of the vegetables and the fruit. We don't have a lot of variety. Like you have one peach or two. And then you have like two types of artichokes, but in the time they're, they are here, they're amazing. And that's something that I think that for me, it's very fulfilling because I don't have like 20 to choose. I have two. And the ones that I have that are nearby, they're great. So it's simplicity. It's that. It's what I take from here and I use it and that works beautifully. And um, I, I think that those are... Uh, our three treasures, no, like uh, the sea, the the cattle, it's something very worthy, and the vegetables and the fruit, everything that comes from the soil, yeah, I think it's it's amazing. And number four is the dulce de leche. Let's not forget, awesome, awesome. <laughs> which I guess is the cat goes back to the cattle, but the the exactly. dulce de leche in Uruguay is the best. Yes, yes, yes. I think it's the quality of the milk, though. The milk, I mean, all of the cheese products in Uruguay are, are much richer and more yes. flavorful. Yeah. Everything. So let's talk a little bit about your projects. In 2010, you opened your restaurant, Lucifer, which was located in the garden of your home in Garçon, which is this tiny little village outpost, about 30 minutes inland from Jose Ignacio. For those of you listening, this is about from Punta del Este for a good 45 minutes to an hour driving. And it's really a one horse kind of town, I guess. So let's talk a little bit about how you landed in Garzón and, and got this bistro, which essentially was a, is a sort of summertime destination bistro going. Why did you want to make this project there? Well, I, I, I moved to Garzón uh, when we were doing uh, Seven Fires. Uh, I went there. I went there just to do the production of the book and help Francis. And uh, I was very exhausted of Buenos Aires. Uh, I didn't want to live. I, I since I was a child, I, I I thought that I would never live in Buenos Aires. So after when I went there to to Garzón to the production, uh, I fell in love with the town. I thought that it was a more beautiful, romantic, amazing place to be at that time. And I bought a little house and I stayed there. Um, and uh, I worked for some years as a manager in uh, Hotel Garzón, uh, Francis Hotel there. And uh, after some time, I, I was tired. I, I worked with Francis for almost nine years, nine very exhausting years. And I decided that I, was, uh, I, I wasn't I was happy and I wanted to do something else. And uh, with a lot of thinking and, and talking with him also, I decided that it was my time to start my own thing or to stop working with him. And, and when, um, when we were talking about, okay, so... He asked me, no, like, and what do what you think you, you're going to do? And I said, nothing, nothing. I want to rest. I'm over it. I want to rest. And he said, you're going to 
be 15 days without working and you're going to get crazy because he knows me. And uh, he said, you should open something in your small house, something beautiful. Like he suggested it. And I didn't saw it in my mind, no. And I thought, okay, yes, it's a good idea. Maybe I cook for 10, 15 people. And uh, and he was very generous. He 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 gave me a lot of the things uh, from what I started, Lucifer, like the stoves and the plates and this and that. And I had many also vintage um, plates from my grandmother. So everything that I brought from my life in Buenos Aires, I put it next to things that Francis gave me and I opened Lucifer. And it was a very nice experience. It was a, a, the first year I was alone with Alba, that it was a lady that helped me. And I would cook and serve and go to the table and talk to you. And it was very fun. Uh, the, the first years, they were very fun. After that, it got a little bit more complicated as life and things is, are, but, but it was a beautiful experience. And it was my first uh, restaurant, like with my language in a way. I didn't know much uh, which one was my language, but I knew that I had some things with me that they were um, strong. Like, okay, I need to do some simple things. I would have uh, the menu was like, three appetizers, three main courses, written in a board, uh, and two desserts, and that was set. And, uh, and it was beautiful. Sometimes I dream about that simplicity again. Like, I, I think that would be amazing. I have m- so many things now, no? Like, no, 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 so many things to do. That, that, that way of, okay, I start again, only cooking for 10, that can be fun. But... Uh, it was a beautiful experience, that first restaurant. We actually ate there on several trips to, to Jose Ignacio back in the day. And I remember what I liked most about it was it was so romantic. Well, the town itself has this romantic vibe to it that you feel like you are in this time warp. And then that house was just so homey and you felt like you were going to visit somebody. And it, and it, and it just had such a nice vibe to it and and then everything was delicious and fresh it was also my first place i have a love for that place but now i enjoy having that house there and it's still beautiful and romantic and it's a town that it's amazing and and i love to go there let's talk about jacinto which i think is one of the treasures of uruguay right now you launched this in a very atypical area of montevideo because most of Montevideo, for those of you listening, the more high-end, quote, gourmet restaurants tend to be in the in, in the eastern part of Carrasco, Positos, Punta Carreta. Um, and you opened downtown, mm. Ciudad Vieja, which would be like the downtown. That was a, you know, not super transited area at night, particularly, and, and a little still, gen- it was in the gentrification process at the time. Mm. So talk to me, like when, when you were, you know, had this idea of doing a, a new project in Montevideo, what called you about this part of town? And what did you have in your head that this, like, what did you want to explore in Jacinto? It was, it, it's very fun or funny because um, when I came to Montevideo, I, I came to work in another neighborhood that it was more near Positos. 
And I never felt a connection with that, you know, with that place, with Positos, Punta Carretas. And with Ciudad Vieja, since the first time that I came to Montevideo, I had I, I had that connection, like, I like this place. It's very weird, it's old, it's sometimes empty, but the architecture and the beauty that it has, it's something that it's amazing. And all the project of Jacinto, it was like magic thing, you know, because I, I was, a, it was, I think, something about like April. I just finished a, 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 a season in Lucifer and I was like, again, it's winter. I don't have anything to do. I should do something. Okay. I started coming into Montevideo and do some events and things. And I, and I said, maybe I can do something here. And I was walking uh, Sarandí Street, that it's like the main street in the Ciudad Vieja. And I saw that corner and I said, it's here. I cannot, I, I cannot think anymore. It's here. And if you ask me now, if I thought uh, that uh, that wasn't the best neighborhood to be, it, it didn't pass my mind. Never. And now, 80 years before, I said, maybe I had to think a little bit more at that time, you know, because I love and I think Jacinto has become something incredible and I'm very happy and I live here in the Ciudad Vieja, uh, but it has been a, a very hard, long path in a way. But uh, I'm, I'm very, also I'm very uh, optimistic about the future of Ciudad Vieja. I think it's a place that that we have to embrace uh, and and make it even more beautiful than it is, and and it's 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 amazing. No, what do you think? You like Suya Vijas? I love it. I love it. And there's been some really cool restaurants that have come up there. There's the tapas bar Toledo, which is fabulous, That's not cool. very far away, and just plazas. It feels like you're transported to another, almost like a little slice of Europe somehow in in, in Uruguay. It really. It has mag it's magical. It is. And and we are one block away from Plaza Zavala that it's a beautiful plaza and it was like where the city was founded. So it's very and we have the sea on both sides. And for me that it's it's something that it's it's amazing. And and uh, and I love that place. I think it's and it was it was love at first sight, I can say. Let's talk a little bit about your style at Jacinto, and because I feel it, there's an interesting intersection here of elegance and and something feminine about it. And you have your style uh, obviously evolved from Lucifer there to be what I love this word in in Uruguay and Argentina they use descontracturado, mm -hmm. like in terms of like this relaxed style of cooking yeah. where you're you know, some great contrast and texture and flavor, but very deep flavor, but it's always fresh and simple. So, I mean, I just want to talk a little bit about how you saw this evolution when you were putting together the menu. And at the same time, you're, you're very, you, you have some traditional side of you, I feel too, in your cooking that like really embraces like what some of these dishes are growing up or that you, you know, would have an, an antojo for. I, I think that, that, Many things were involved, no? The the simplicity that we were talking about Frances and uh, and also everything that I learned as as a child and, uh, and from my family and uh, that that form 
for me as a chef, I think, as a cook, no? And then I, uh, I, I believe that I had like this situation where I thought, well, I have to be very simple, very simple. And that simple cannot be wrong. Like, for example, like, I remember in Jacinto when we started, it was uh, like a fish, a sauce, and a, and a garnish, no? And that's that. You cannot get, if you do the three things right, you cannot be wrong. Uh, and you put love and everything, no? And thought. And then I think in a way I started uh, getting more confident and I, and, and I started learning a little bit more about how to balance flavor and how to uh, construct no the the like that that surprise in your mouth that, that it can be with an almond a, a peach a basil and a burrata that's all that's uh, the four ingredients that you need to have the the sweet uh, they are one that it's more uh, tangy they are one it's more you know so um the crunch for me when i discover how life it's when you have something that it you can know different things in your mouth it's what makes you want to eat more if you're all the time having the same repetition i think that also i'm very anxious so i need to have like these surprises all the time uh, so i think that in a point i decided okay i, I can play a little bit more and what what made me more confident it's the way that I, I started developing, for example, salads. There, it's something mm -hmm. I call them salads in a way. It's like fruit and vegetables, and uh, I don't know nuts together, and some cheese and this and that. And and I try now to start from from the vegetable or the fruit, no. And then I said, okay, so and and what else? And uh, now I need a crunch and now I need a surprise. And now I need something that I, I, I that it's more like soft and it makes you uh, like more um, cozy. No, uh, it's, it's about feelings, I think. And, uh, and I develop in a way also a, a repetition that also it's, it's very good when you have to be all the time, like uh, coming up with things. The, we always in Jacinto, we have a, a, a main course of the day, a soup of the day so it, it has to be also like every something that works every day so and also you have to teach to other people so what i want to construct okay we have a main thing that can be i don't know a neck plant and then you put something that is more soft and then you put something that is fresh and then you add something that makes crunch and then you mix all together with something soft and and more dressing that makes you want to eat it okay you have it it's a formula and uh, and I think that also people start saying to me like that for me it's very it's very rewarding like that's a very simple comp combination but it works beautifully and I said okay yes this works so I, I started developing that more and and uh, and for me it's simple but but it has that uh, layers of complexity mm -hmm. that that make it maybe it may make it makes it more elegant or or uh, more uh, surprising. I agree. And you play a lot too with like the, the I don't say burnt vegetables, but like the planta and the roasting of vegetables as salads instead of like deviating from what people maybe think as like traditionally a, a salad has to be, which yeah. is fun. It's fun and, and surprising. You know, in this country and from in Argentina also, it's always when you go uh, to prepare your lunch, whatever, it's like, okay, I'll have a steak with a, 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 a something. 
No, maybe you can start thinking about, okay, I have a cauliflower, you know, and treat it like a main thing and then adding things, you know, and, and if you need something, maybe that something has to be some rice. But, but we have to start uh, thinking about food and, and what we eat every day in a different way because if not, it's very uh, boring, boring and not so good for the planet, us, every, everything, no? That's really true because one of the things I, you know, I've found eating out because we cook a lot at home and I mean, I, I feel I'm a good cook that I get bored sometimes in restaurants is it's always a big piece of protein and then a side. Whereas I find that once you get into produce, you just ripped open this world of complexity of flavors. Are they raw? Are they roasted? Are they steamed? You know, what is the dressing? What are the herbs? I mean, you just totally. rip it open. But people sometimes it still seems like that's now just starting to take off more among this, you know, new wave of chefs really exalting the vegetable as the centerpiece. Yes. Rather than starting with, you know, an animal protein typically yes. and going from there. And and maybe you can do like four or uh, three or four things with that same vegetable, you know? So uh, you make it like a fried thing. And I, I, I'm, I'm really into, I don't know, like trying to use everything, no? And I realize, I realize that, for example, all the steam, the, the hard steam from the cauliflower, if you cut it really thin and you fry it, it's something that it's even better mm. than a chip. And it's like, you know, we have to think how to make different things. And, um, and I, I really believe that, that it's, it's changing, uh, uh, in a way. I agree with you. Let's talk about your collaboration with, uh, I'll, I'll say this in English, is SUE is the Sociedad Uruguaya de Esmaltados, no? It's like, a, this is, this is uh, enamelware. Yes. And uh, we actually had the privilege of visiting their factory couple years ago. Um, and I was turned on to it at your restaurant that I loved. Let's, this is very old school and it's very in vogue right now. And you kind of were the one that got that whole mm. um, tendency going. Can you talk about why, what, what, what were you wanting to bring back with this? You know, uh, Sue, it's, it's the only, I don't know if it's the only, I think in Colombia there is one industry also one, one factory that do this, but in Argentina there is not anymore. It's it's a very old school uh, fabric. It's amazing, you know. It's like uh, the chocolate, the Charlie and the Chocolate Factories of plates. It's it's incredible, and I really like them. They're a, a, a family that I think uh, Alfonso and Beba, their sons. I really like them, and uh, I got uh, to know them uh, with uh, Juliana Lopez May, que, that she's a chef in Argentina. And she was doing something with them also because she loves enamel as well. And we met there and uh, we met at Jacinto and, and I said, I have this idea about doing, you know, like, because they used to do all the time or just a plain plates, no, wide with the, with the, how do you say, borde? With the, oh, with the, the edging, yeah. With the edging, like in different colors or like the same spots all the time, no? And I asked, how do you do this, no? Uh, I went to a factory and I saw and, and I said, okay, and what happens if you let like the, the spot goes more like a natural thing, like a Pollock thing, no? 
And they said, oh, no, no, we're going to try. And, uh, and then they did it, and it was amazing. And we did this, this line of, of, like, very different spots, very, like, um, I think they were more harsh, no? You know, like, boom, that happens. And uh, you cannot change it. And, and it's not all the same. It's something that it's very different from everything. And I, I thought that they were very beautiful. And, uh, and I hope that they have sell a lot of those. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and we work in every restaurant that, that, that I, I start. Like in Jacinto, we have many things of Sue. In Rosa, that it's uh, the pizzeria that I have also. We have all the plates that are white enamel with the with the edges on pink. So uh, I really like them, and uh, and um, I would love them to to grow even more if they can because it's a it's it's an amazing uh, pro- produce what they do. Yeah, they have really beautiful kettles too, like the old kettles that you use to drink mate and, yes. and just such. I mean, very old school. I mean, this is what people were given as wedding gifts in the 1930s, their catalogs and, and whatnot. Incredible. That's so cool that you guys are reviving this movement in country. Yeah. I, I love it. Let's talk about your pizzeria and Rio de la Plata style pizza, because it's very different than pizza in the rest of the world. And Faina, which is a personal obsession of mine when I'm in Montevideo, particularly, <laughs> you know, let's talk about that project because that's a, it's literally across the street. It's, yes. Uh, the the right. hermano. <laughs> exactly. Across Jacinto, uh, you know, the, uh, where it's now open, um, I always look at that place and I said, ah, I would love to do something. And then they got empty and I said, okay, uh, I always wanted to eat uh, the pizza that I wanted to eat in in, in Montevideo. They are like a, a rectangular, uh, the pizza, and it's weird, and it has a lot of sauce. And um, I don't know. For I don't like much the Uruguayan pizza. So, But in Argentina, there's very good pizza, and yes. you can get very good pizza in many places, no? So when... when uh, I started thinking about that. Uh, I said, I want to do the pizza that I want to eat. It's not uh, Italian. It's not Argentinian. It's another thing, no? And I, since the moment that we opened, we explained what kind of pizza we were doing that way. Like, we do the pizza that we like. And, and that's good because you cannot always go to, okay, this is to put it, things in a box, no? Okay, no. And we do this from uh, we 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 work with a, a Polish, no? It's a long uh, fermented uh, dough, and and it rests a lot. And then we have our clay oven, and uh, and it's going very well. It, it's a new thing for me. I'm learning a lot about this this project because it's a way of of cooking that it's very different. It's for more people. It's more fast. Uh, it's something that it has to be a little bit less pricey, no? It has to be something for more people. And also, I'm learning a lot about delivery, you know, uh, that mm. the way as, as gastronomy in the world, it's going mostly this year, but I think it, it came to stay. And and uh, I think that, that what comes in life, no, I, I, I try to embrace and learn from the process and and uh, it's a beautiful thing. And I love the pizza. I, I eat it once a week. Sure. 
for sure. I would if I was in your neighborhood. <laughs> and the fainada that we do, uh, the fainada here, I love it everywhere. I think there's beautiful Good. places of fainada. And I try to do something different as well, no? We put a little bit of thyme and, and parmesano. To have oh, like no, wait, Luc Luc uh, Lucia, we have to tell people what faina is because everybody may not know. Yeah. <laughs> I just, this just occurred to me. Uh, faina, it's it's a, a very light dough that we make with uh, with chickpea flour and water and salt, pepper, and that's all, and some oil. And then you mix it and you make like a very thin, uh, how do you say, uh, It's, not a it's like a crust, kind of like a crackery crust. See, but a little bit thicker, no, in a way. Uh, but it's very special, uh, and we have it in the Rio de la Plata, no, mostly. I, the, the Italians do it uh, uh, also. Farinata, they do a lot of that. Yeah, this is very popular in Montevideo, in the cantinas and and everywhere, whatnot. everywhere. You are managing now two projects. Uh, you also were on TV as a judge on MasterChef for several years, which I'd love to hear about your experience there. How are you managing all of this? Because now you, you, you I mean, you are become not only a, you know, a cook as you've grown, so have your responsibilities as a business owner and entrepreneur. How, how has that changed for you in this trajectory of time? Is that, do you spend less time in the kitchen now and more yeah. time ediating projects and, and sort of managing exactly. other people? <laughs> yes. In Jacinto and in, and in Rosa, I feel more like a director, if we, we, we can say that, like a general manager of everything. I don't, I, I don't cook much, but I, I try all the time to give a, We are all the time like in that uh, situation of, of talking about food, no? Maybe I'm not cooking all the time, but we are thinking uh, about food and ideas of the this, what we're going to do tomorrow and this pizza and this thing and this salad. So uh, I feel that I'm, I'm very connected with food, but in a, in a different way. Um, but I, I have a thing that it's more about seeing the whole the whole project no uh, where we're going the synergy of 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 the group um, also making uh, connections with new suppliers no and and also since i was on on masterchef i have like a more i have other responsible uh, responsibilities i have to be there and smile and say hello how are you no people sometimes come to see what we do, but also they come to say hello to me and that it's fun. And I think uh, for me, MasterChef was a, a very nice experience that I was looking for. You know, I, I, I came to Montevideo, we opened Jacinto in 2012 and we were luckily very successful in a way in, in, in restaurants and, and I started to be known in a way from the industry, but not so much. And I, I don't know, I felt like I, I wanted uh, to, to show what I did to more people. And, uh, and MasterChef was the best platform to do that. And nowadays, uh, if you, I felt that it was something that I wanted to do, that I could be good at, and that I want to communicate something. And, and I think that uh, I, I'm in a very nice uh, time of, of the world to combine all those things, no? 
So it was very good for me and my career and to, for Jacinto as well. Many people started cra- traveling from the other departments of Uruguay to come to eat at Jacinto. And that for me was amazing because maybe they came because they want to see me and say hello and whatever, but they came from 33 to eat at my restaurant in a Saturday. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, maybe, you know, because you came here many times, but like here people, they don't travel inside Uruguay much. So Coming to an area, like do 100 kilometers to eat at my restaurant, for me, it was amazing. And uh, and um, and it also been more in a public uh, or more, yes, that more people knows you, allows you to, to do other things. I, after MasterChef, I, I did my book and, and luckily it got sold very well. That one, Relatos y Recetas. Yeah, great cookbook. Uh, yes. So it, it was a, an, an amazing experience. And I realized that I really like to be uh, teaching people in, in front of a camera and talking about, you know, food and different things. But it's something that I really enjoy. This cookbook, when you, you did this, it was published at the end of 2018. Uh, this this really channels your cooking style, I feel, and and and, and is very, uh, this word in Spanish, didáctico. Like, it's really a teaching book because you get into what you're talking about, the salads. You go pretty in-depth in this, how you layer flavor, some of, some recipes from your time with, you know, when you were uh, had Lucifer. Yes. But it's a really fun book. This uh, is in Spanish, guys listening. You can buy it at different points in Montevideo. Is this in English or being exported at all right now? Has it been translated yet? Not yet, but we had. It should be. You have to. You have yeah. to because it's yeah. so yummy. The the food from this. It, you know, you really have something that reminds me of an Otolenghi style. Sometimes not with the Middle Eastern edge yes. necessarily, but that freshness and and, and playfulness. And I really and, admire him. He's like my my god. I love him. I, love him. <laughs> I swear, and he's one of. Yes. of of the first ones that started like this vegetable revolution, no, in a way, like, you know, you can eat vegetables and be fun. Uh, exactly. Because it's super integrated to your daily life. I mean, this is not stuff that you have to go out and have like a special mission no. necessarily to find it. I mean, this is like doing interesting things with a cucumber and new ways. Yeah. But your your cookbook is for those listening, I'll, I mean, just to give you like a couple examples of some of the recipes I love. There's one that you have that is the home run in our house, which is a grilled eggplant with honey, uh, uh-huh. with a roasted grilled eggplant, and it has yes. burrata on it. Because anything you put burrata on with that combination is just insane. Yes, yes, yes. A perfect match. Yes, I, I I love that recipe also, and uh, and what I tried to do to do in relatos y recetas as my first uh, cookbook, uh, it was sh- everything that you said, like showing who I am, and uh, you know there's so many cookbooks, no, it's like I feel afraid of how many we we have, <laughs> and I said you know what it's interesting in, in making a cookbook is to show who you are as a cook. Because if not, I don't know. I don't. I don't believe that I have the best techniques or the best flavor of the world. No, I have what I have. So for me, it was very essential to show what I like about uh, food and life and cooking and and things. And and I make I made it very personal. You know, I I did every watercolor that are in uh, the start of every chapter. 
and uh, and it was an amazing uh, uh, it was an amazing project and and I I felt very happy when I had it for the first time in my hands and I still love it and what I love the most is it's a lot of people say to me that they do their recipes and they work that it's something mm -hmm. that it's very worth it and uh, and uh, I I I I'm very happy about relatos y recetas hopefully we we make it in English. Well, this has been great, Lucia. Thank you so much Thank for, you. for having us. You know, we will look forward to seeing you, I hope, before next year, but probably not at this rate. Well, hopefully. Unless Uruguay opens their border. When, when you start thinking how, how many things had happened in this year, maybe next year, in this time, we are all like... In, in a cheer. Be on the beach, Ignacio. Exactly. No? <laughs> Thanks again to Lucia for joining us. If you would like to check out her restaurant projects in Uruguay and dream of when you can eat there in person someday, check out our full show notes at www.lizkansky.com backslash podcast. You can also follow Lucia on Instagram at handle Luchi, L-U-C-H-I, Soria, S-O-R-I-A. Stay tuned to our Instagram feeds at L-C-C-W-E and mine Liz Kasky 77, as we will be sharing one of our favorite recipes from her cookbook with you soon. It's December, guys, and we are full steam ahead to 2021. Happy holidays and see you next week. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend, family member, coworker, or whoever could use some wonderlust in their life right now. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. They're tremendously helpful and we greatly appreciate it. For more inspiration and information on how to come travel with us in South America or bring South America into your home, visit our website at www.lizkansky.com and follow us on Instagram at LCCWE. See you guys next week. Hasta la próxima.